Welcome to the three in one podcast. We are back after a long summer break. Illinois is back and in the win column. Brett Barron's here with Marley Weirda and Andy Olson breaking down Illinois' 30 to 22 victory over Nebraska in the week zero season opener. First thoughts, Marley, from the game are what? Just, I'm so happy to have a normal Memorial Stadium, a normal champagne. I forgot what this town was like with college football, but man, what an incredible win for Illinois. I think it's uh, the first one. They still have a long season to play, but I think it's a significant one. I liked that there was a lot of surprises. Obviously, we didn't know what to expect from this Brett Bielema team coming into it, but I was impressed, and it was a lot of fun to watch. 41,064 people, the attendance to see Brett Bielema's debut at Illinois. Andy Olson, you watched from high above while filming from the sky cam, so to speak. What's your thoughts on the game? <laughs> I just, guys, I just love college football. Can I can I start <laughs> out by saying that as someone who, uh, before working in media, would spend 12 hours every Saturday just watching it all day. It's so good, like you guys mentioned, to have the fans back. Just the vibes were right around the stadium, and it was so good to see that with this Illinois team coming off a season where they had higher expectations because of the bowl game previously and then failing to deliver on that. It seems like the team had regressed in, in every aspect. So to see them come out today with the new leadership, uh, a new mantra, almost like a new lease on life, this team, and perform the way that they did. There were shaky points. It wasn't perfect, and there are things that they need to improve on, but it was so nice you know, seeing that sort of confidence from this team that it seemed like everything that they had made progress in 2019 on was lost last year. And I think we can just throw 2020 out, out the window now. But uh, it was so good seeing them as a good starting point, I think, for this Brett Vilema era. And they leave with a win, and that's the most important thing. And it was 2 nothing early, just like we all had scripted it out, right? <laughs> First points of the season, a safety. Yeah, maybe not quite that much. But the defense was the big question coming in. We didn't know what kind of schemes they were going to run. We thought uh, and had been told multiple 3-4, 4-2-5. Uh, Andy, what did you get a good sense of from high above and Marley 2, seeing what they were able to do? Because the uh, players after the game and, and talking mm -hmm. with the Illini said they felt like they had that advantage of surprise. They felt like Nebraska's offense was out of sync and out of rhythm, so to speak. And this is an Adrian Martinez quarterback that has just torched Illinois the last three seasons. So what did you think of what the defense was able to bring today with that surprise element? Yeah, they kept it a surprise, much to our, our chagrin. We would have liked to have seen more from uh, the defense when we went to some of those practices, but it worked out exactly. I feel like the coaching staff wanted it to. You mentioned the different schemes that, you know, Ryan Walters has been saying all offseason that they're going to be multiple. And they were today. They came out in a lot of different looks, which is way different than the defense under Lovey Smith, which came out in either cover two or cover three most times. And, and that was it. Uh, I feel like they came out more most often in a four two five, which was a little bit surprising to me. But it makes sense, like you mentioned, against a quarterback like Adrian Martinez, who has torched them through the air before to get that extra defensive back out there. I was most interested, though, when they were in the 3-4 setup, seeing Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay as the outside linebackers. And both of them had quiet days, but I don't think anyone really had uh, had a standout performance on defense. And that's not a knock on the defense because they were really solid today. That is more me saying that it was such a team performance on defense. I think clearly the standout was Calvin Hart Jr. at mm -hmm. middle linebacker, being able to uh, get a sack and be able to take that uh, – 
fumble recovery back for a touchdown. But the defense, I think, did exactly what they what the coaches were hoping for today. Now, the thing moving forward, I believe, is what are they going to do now that teams are going to know what they're going to line up with on defense? They had the, the element of surprise this time. Now they need to build on that and, and be able to perform like they did today when teams know what's going to be coming for them. Yeah, and Tony Adams told me after the game as well that, hey, we didn't give it all out there today. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> more to bring in some more adjustments, and that's completely different than Lovey Smith's system <laughs> and, and how he ran his defense. Like you mentioned, there wasn't really a ton here. You, you see Tony Adams with 11 tackles. That was the leader. Neither team really had a standout 15, 18 tackle mm -hmm. guy. There was a couple of sacks in there as well, but Tony Adams with 11 including 10 solo tackles, Sidney Brown with nine, and then Calvin Hart Jr. with six, and he left the game with an injury. Did not look good from my angle. Marley, what did you see from Calvin there in, in leaving the field? So I actually didn't see that because we had already left at that point. Okay. He, he did not look good to me leaving the field. He could barely put any weight on it. I was on the mm -hmm. opposite end of the field, though. So just so you guys know, there's a, there's our distinct advantages to being on the field. There's things that I can see on the field that other people can't. For instance, mm -hmm. Brandon Peters walks out and has his arm in a sling, and we'll talk about Brandon mm -hmm. and, and Art Sikowski coming up here, but you're able to just see those things right away. And while you can do that a little bit in the press box or where Andy's at, there's just a lot of things that you're on the field there that you can get a true sense. You can hear the sidelines, and you're walking right behind it and all that kind of thing. Those are very, very positive things that you're able to take away from that. But there are some certain instances where I – I just can't see you're blocked by the sideline. There's a lot of times so many people there on the sidelines that I wish would just go away so I could <laughs> do my job. But, you know, it is what it is. So uh, Calvin did not look good. And, it, and if he is gone, it's a big loss, significant amount. of yeah. time. We saw his potential today. And while you were there, Marley, what did you think of what Calvin was able to bring to the table? Hey, I mean, he's a Brett Bielema recruit, a South the first one and a South Florida kid after um, my own heart played at American Heritage high, high School. They were ranked number three in the country at one point. So comes from a really great high school program. Obviously didn't get the playing time that he wanted at NC State. Um, and the way that he came in and made an impact in his Illini debut, I think, says a lot. But also that Bielema was the guy that recruited him. And when you think about maybe the standout guys in this game, Calvin Hart and Art Sikowski as well. Those are both people that Brett Bielema brought into the program and Mayor may mayor. What is that? What's the say? Why can I say may it? May or may not, not have <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Um, may or may not have, you know, saved this game for Illinois. And I think that says a lot about, um, what Bielema sees in his players and, and the potential that they could bring, but not having Calvin Hart, um, I mean, that that's kind of tough, but uh, Kalon Tolson, I know he was coming off a significant injury from the fall. I think it was maybe Tariq Barnes. They might step in. Not that they were bad players. You know, they've obviously proven themselves at this level, but I think Calvin Hart really shined above them today. I think what was most interesting was seeing the way that Bielema and Ryan Walters had him get involved in some of the blitzes because when he was at NC State, he was an outside linebacker guy in the same 3-4 defense. So he was getting after the quarterback. We saw him do that today when he had that one sack. But if Illinois was going to take a loss like that, and again, we don't know the severity at this moment, linebacker, inside linebacker at least, is one of the better positions for them. Like you mentioned with Barnes and Tolson, both guys who have started games before and have that Division One experience, they're very loaded at that position. But 
like Marley had said, losing him would be, I think, a big like if you had to loss. pick, you would want Calvin exactly. Hart. And he's, I a, think. he's a starter but... for a reason. Yeah, yeah. That inside linebacker position, I think, is one that where there is some depth, and you feel okay about you know a guy going down and, and another guy stepping up. We'll see how serious that injury is. But the main storyline, at least from the game, was that Brandon Peters does not even make it through the first quarter. Goes out. He did have his arm in a sling. Came back out a little bit later. I saw him getting carted off the field. Not from the injury. He was able to walk off the field on his own power. But then the cart came out to take him back to the locker room. He had a, a towel over his head. Obviously distraught. Reminded me of Mike Epstein in the beginning of the yeah. team season. The very first game in the very first quarter, similar to Brandon Peters. And Epstein was out for the remainder of the year uh, with a with a knee injury. So, um, you know, just flashbacks to that is what is what I had today, seeing Brandon Peters uh, with that towel over his head. But this is why they went out and got Art Sikowski, because <laughs> if you don't have Art Sikowski today, you're not winning that game. Yeah, the quarterbacks on the roster. In my eyes, it's as simple as that, as our good friend Lovey Smith used to say all the time. But uh, I I was very very impressed with Art and what he was able to do coming in, completing eighty percent of his passes, twelve for fifteen for one twenty four and two TDs. He was effective, and I feel like. That is what Tony Peterson wants from a quarterback. Mm -hmm. That is what Brett Bielema wants from a quarterback. He was able to do some things with his arm. Uh, he's not a runner by any means. <laughs> um, yeah, he got a first down, though. Yeah, yeah, he did get that <laughs> first down. But, like, that is what they need. Just rely on your running backs. And we can talk about running backs because I was surprised at how many guys were running in and out of there. Jakari Norwood flash. Was not expecting that. But – you just need someone to go out there and not turn the ball over and be effective. And I was really impressed, Marley, with what Art was able to do today. Absolutely. Show us that Rutgers arm. Yeah. I mean, uh, unbelievable. And talk about that 45 yard pass to Deuce Span for that was one heck of a surprise. <laughs> I have no idea. And Deuce Span at wide receiver, first of all. I mean, played one snap, I think, in his Illini career at quarterback. And then today, um, Almost scores a touchdown. I asked him, I said, how much of you guys been practicing that? Because he was available after the game. And he just, he just smiled and said, yeah, we've been working on it. For a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Art, coming from Rutgers, he's been thrown into that kind of position before and having to take over a starting role. And I think that's where experience really showed itself today. I mean, think back if this was, I mean, this did happen last season when Brandon Peters had to come out because of COVID and they threw Isaiah Williams in there and then Matt Robinson goes in and then he gets hurt. I mean, they just like depleted this entire quarterback room and to see somebody come in and take charge and actually get the job done, I think was refreshing to see. And I think Illini fans can be happy and, and comfortable with him moving forward if Brandon is out for a significant period of time. What was really interesting to me, what caught my eye at least when Sidkowski had gone in, uh, was Ryan Johnson, the, the transfer from Northern Michigan, the D2 school, was the one warming up then behind him. So I think we have now a ranking in our QB death chart after mm -hmm. Brandon Peters. But Sidkowski was put in a really tough scenario today. Uh, but Jake Hansen even said after the game that he trains like, He's with the ones at all times, which is probably one of the reasons why he came in and was so effective. And Brett, to what you said, the type of quarterback that Peterson and Bielema are looking for really is that game manager, which is completely different than, like you said, what Lovey Smith and Rod Smith had wanted to do. They wanted more of that mobile quarterback, which is why there were so many and why we're seeing some of those quarterbacks now move to other positions because they're so athletic, do spin. 
being able to get that grab Isaiah Williams with the touchdown today and almost led the the room in receiving yards if it wasn't for that one play from Deuce Span. <laughs> and he he led him in receiving yards with 45 coming in one catch. But Sitkowski did exactly what he needed to do. And I think things really turned after that taken back interception. He had overthrown a receiver. Um, it looked like the same Sitkowski that Rutgers had his true freshman year. He got sacked exactly. first play of the game. His exactly. First, his first play. He comes in immediately after Brandon Peters was hurt on the sack. He gets sacked as well. So I'm Tough. sure we'll talk about the O-line. And the O-line had their struggles early, but I think settled into the game. Uh, but you could tell when that interception was taken back for the roughing the passer penalty and then the taunting penalty, the momentum seemed to switch. It's almost like... Sikowski, I don't want to say he got it out of his system, but he wasn't going to make that same mistake again, it felt like, in the game after overthrowing that receiver. And it showed when you complete 12 passes for only 124 yards, a, a lot of those then are going to be your dink and dunk passes, you know, towards the line of scrimmage. And that's ex kind of exactly what it was. But that's also the safe play. And that's what you want out of a game manager. You're not necessarily looking for him to take the risks. You want him to, exactly as the title says, manage the game, keep the ball moving hand it off to your running backs and just keep the drive alive so you can score like Illinois did, I believe, on four straight drives almost in the middle of the game. Yeah, but that's the point is that he completed 12 and 15. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to like reinvent the wheel here. Just exactly, yeah. Small passes and do what you do in your offense and rely on your running backs. And then it also opens up your game down the field and what we're able to see. And Art has a good arm. And he was able to air it out a little bit today. And mm -hmm. when you can complete those passes, now you're really uh, clicking on all cylinders there. But the running back room is something that I was not expecting to see Mike Epstein out there uh, as much as I did to start. Chase mm -hmm. Brown, uh, Bielema said after the game, was limited today, a little maybe a little bit of a pitch count. Uh, Reggie Love got 12 carries. We only saw five carries from Chase Brown today. Uh, Jakari Norwood with the flash and thought he had a touchdown that wasn't. Almost. Uh, and then Chase Hayden get in there a little bit as well. But if you would have told me before the game that Chase Hayden – and uh, Jakari Norwood would combine for more rushes than Chase Brown. I would not believe you in that sense, you know. Uh, but they wanted to run the ball, and they did. Twenty-eight combined carries between Mike Epstein and Reggie Love, and you know they're on their way to 167 yards rushing for the day. And if they can do that and consistently be around that 200-yard mark rushing, then they're going to win a lot of games. I think. Well, that's exactly how Brett Bielema, how we've seen at every stop that he's been at, is how they want to play. And when you have I guess five guys I think we thought it was going to be four guys coming into the year with Hayden Brown Epstein and Love and then you throw in Jakari Norwood like you <laughs> said we weren't expecting that it was almost like uh they had like shifts of of running backs for each drive and of course we didn't know about the Chase Brown stuff before the game he was named the starter but of course I don't think he had a snap until late in the second quarter, I want to say. I thought maybe they were saving him for the second half. We were texting about it, like, has Chase Brown been out there sure. uh, at, at that point? And he hadn't, but eventually he made his way in. Uh, when this group, I feel like, gets Chase Brown back to whatever his full health is once he gets off this pitch count or they're, they're keeping him out of the game, whatever it happens to be, when they get him back at his full capabilities, I think is when we will probably see the offense at its best this year. And that's nothing against Epstein or Reggie Love, Jakari Norwood or anything like that. But Chase Brown just runs so physically and is just someone that will move the defense out of his way. That's special for the Illinois offense. And you need to play into that as much as you can. And Brett Bielema's offense 
is the perfect situation for him to to thrive in. So the running back room right now is that was not how I was expecting things to go, but we saw them get it done one way or another. And for this being the first game and having 167 yards through uh, on the grounds, I think it's just a sign of things to come through the rest of the season when they get more acclimated to the offense even. And how nice is it to have depth? I think that's one of the benefits oh, yeah. of having a deep running back room. And coming into the season, we knew they were one of the deep, deepest position groups on the team. And maybe it was a little bit, too, of trying to preserve some of these guys in the heat. I can imagine there was some thought put into that. Because if you have Mike Epstein taking all 200 of these yards, you know, he's going to be gassed by the end of the game. So, um, man, I think that speaks volumes to this, this running back room. Yeah, I think there was definitely some you know, getting guys in there as much as possible and mixing it up. And when you have that many running backs available and can get the job done and on a day like today, when it was, you know, pushing hundred degrees out there on the turf and absolutely try and run those guys out there. And, you know, fatigue is a, a big thing too, that I thought was one of the reasons why Illinois uh, won this game eventually, because we've already talked about the game manager that Bielema and Peterson are trying to bestow upon their, their QB and we look at the time of possession, Illinois had about 11 minutes more than Nebraska for the entire game. At one point in the middle of the third quarter, it was like a double what Nebraska had at that point. And I think that's one of the reasons why Illinois was able to dominate that middle part of the game because the defense just of, of the Cornhuskers was just had to stay out there on the field. And that's because Sitkowski taking care of the ball, like we already mentioned, was able to keep the ball on Illinois side and if they keep doing that through the rest of the year now we're gonna have cooler days than today and I think it meant more today than maybe I don't know a 60 degree day in October but uh, I think that's definitely one of the reasons why Illinois had such success the thing that surprised me is that on paper Nebraska is a deeper team they, they oh yeah more, they have way more talent than Illinois and, and across the board just more depth but yet Illinois was able to maximize its players I thought and, and what it was able to do. And they were the more disciplined team. Yeah. And to me, that was surprising in that sense. Mm -hmm. Because both teams are experienced. Both teams have a lot of players back. Excuse me. But Illinois coming in with a new coaching staff, and you just don't know how every, everything's going to play out on the field and playbook issues and all this kind of stuff to get to the point of actually being in the game and making adjustments and everything else. And it's all new with, this, with these players and this coaching staff. And yet, Illinois was disciplined. For the most part, I thought they did a really, really nice job of not beating themselves, penalties, not hurting them, you know, and, and I think you hit it on the head, Andy, with that play where, you know, Sikowski comes in the game. And if, if that pick goes Nebraska's way, I look at that as a game changing play mm -hmm. and, and maybe Nebraska is able to go off and score. Mm -hmm. And yet Illinois was able to fight off that adversity. We talked to the players after the game and then they just said the belief is in the room now that the belief is in the team where they mm -hmm. didn't have that before with Lovey Smith, that when something bad happened, it was just kind of like, well, what was me? Here we go again, and, and we're going to lose. And I think that just goes a long way into uh, this win and how just how big it is because, yes, there's 11 games left, but when you win the first one against a Big Ten West Conference team, I just feel like your momentum is so much higher, especially with a new coaching staff. Yeah, it's not just the 1-0 overall. It's the 1-0 in conference as well, right. I think is yes. a big part of that. And they let Adrian Martinez get away there in the third quarter with that 75-yard <laughs> uh, right. touchdown. But in, in the Lovey Smith era, I think that would have been like they would have rolled over and been like, it's over, even though Illinois had a, what, 15-point lead at that point. 
Um, you know, I think it, it could have gone very differently if if the culture of this team was what it was last season. Yeah, so they, they have one big play, and okay, you're going to give up a big play, you know, and look, they just got away. It was a bad breakdown from what I saw on the field defensively, but yet they come in and, and they're able to sustain it, you know, and, and they're able to to not allow those big plays for the most part. And, you know, you're looking at the drive chart here for Nebraska and five, 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 three, two, three, one. Now the one is the 75 yarder, but like if you're limiting drives to that few of plays, mm-hmm. you're doing something right. And that was what I'm going to remember about this game, especially defensively with all the question marks we had about how it was going to come out and what it was going to look like and how it was going to execute. They blitzed quite a bit, which was good to see in my eyes because Lovey didn't blitz all that much. And I think the shift changes a little bit here. I mean, I don't want to look too much into the moment of what this is today, but, you know, why can't they win four or five, six games at this point? I, I think the – outset the mind shift is is okay to think higher of this team now after this performance today i mean do you feel that same way morley of like maybe the bar is raised a little bit absolutely yeah i think this game set the tone for the rest of the season and there was so much hype coming into this when we didn't know what was going to happen and then now after seeing the result on the field i think fans i think we i think the team can have a little more confident in themselves and actually being able to put out a result on the field as opposed to just all this talk that's circulating with the team and for them to actually go out and execute i think says a lot about where they could be headed this year i think there will be you know games where they pull an upset but games that they're supposed to win that they lose and that's just college football but i think they will end up surprising a lot of us here in the end i was telling marley earlier that when i look at the expectations for the team this season and let's put like a bowl game so six and six as like the mark that you're trying to get to if illinois doesn't win this game i don't see six others on the schedule that they can get to but with this 50 because i I would put this one coming in as one of those 50 50 matchups like it Mm -hmm. it, like either team could have won that one with this 50 50 win i think they tip the the balance way further in their favor of possibly getting to that point now that's not going to come easy. I, I And I do think they beat the Vegas total of three and a half after this point. Cause I think, like I said, I think this was a big balance one, but now you have to go out against UTSA. That should be a win. A, another non-conference game as well. Uh, later in the year against Charlotte. Charlotte. That's the one. And then a couple of West teams that you could be able to beat, like your Purdue's. You also have Maryland and Rutgers Northwestern. I don't think is going to be as strong this year. This 50-50 win, you needed this one, I feel like, to get to six games. Now, I'm not saying expect that, but that becomes an even better chance of getting to that point because of this. Because if they didn't get this one, I think it's going to get close to zero of their chances of getting the six wins. Yeah, that's how I view it. And it's not going to stick here like, oh, well, they're bound to win that game. You just never know what's going to exactly. happen injuries or whatever else. But I like how you put that, Andy, of 50-50 games. You should beat a UTSA team at home. It's a, a level below you, and you should be able to go out and win that game. If you don't, that would be about the most aligned I think ever. <laughs> that they would beat Nebraska at home in a week zero game, and then come out the next week and not beat you two as UTSA. Which you can see happening. Yeah, I hate that we can still Illinois. predict that. And UTSA is a good team, but they are just a level below where Illinois should be. Yes, you're not going to be favored at Virginia. You're just that's. If you win that game, that's great, but mm-hmm. like that's not a game. I, I don't even consider that a 50-50 game for Illinois on yeah. the road at this point. 
But your other 50-50 games, in my eyes, should be Maryland at Purdue. Charlotte, you should win at home. And then Rutgers. At North, I think you could throw Northwestern. I agree. Too. Yeah. I do not think Northwestern is going to be as good this year. Mm-mm. So if you're talking just Northwestern at, at Minnesota, I think that's going to be tough. I think, I think that they need a good upset in there, though. Sure. They need a good – they need to beat Iowa. They need to beat – either Minnesota, Penn State, if they get a Wisconsin, if they get one of those upsets. Yeah, then you're talking like seven, eight wins. Then, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, look, cross that bridge when you get Right, there. but not if you lose to UTS. <laughs> right. But I'm just talking 50-50 games in the Big Ten, and my eyes would be Maryland, Purdue, uh, Rutgers, and Northwestern. That's four right there, you know. So if you're the 50-50 in all of those games and you feel like, okay, well, yeah, we should be competitive. You know, if, if Illinois is looking into that and you're looking into it from a Illini fan and saying, I think they can be competitive in those 50-50 games, then all of a sudden you're setting yourself up a little bit more. And that narrative is all changed today, though, because they win. If mm-hmm. we're sitting here talking about a loss, I just don't feel like that is the same type of no. verbiage we're using today. Yeah, and the fact that it was competitive, too, I think says a lot. Because let's go back to the Wisconsin game two years ago. Okay, great win, great comeback for Illinois. But was it necessarily a competitive? <laughs> I Maybe more of a miracle in that sense. But I think the, it, whether or win or loss, I think it, it's they're going to have more competitive games this season. Yeah, the part that was disappointing about the 2019 season and that win and those couple of wins they had in the small winning streak was that they they lost three straight to end the season. Mm-hmm. That was the bad part. So you have all this high in the middle, and then yet it just all falls out at the end when you lose three straight to end the season. And so, you know, that was the disappointing thing about there. If this team is competitive, which it shows that it could be today, and once again, it was at home in a highly anticipated matchup, mm-hmm. their teams are going to adjust now that they mm-hmm. have some tape on Illinois and, and how it comes out and how it plays out. But uh, I just think this is a, a positive step to – uh, this program and and a good shooting off point for Brett Bielema, you know. How much longer until we talk about Blake Hayes for Heisman is what is what I'm asking. <laughs> Two punts of over 50 yards, three of them inside the 20, the coffin corner uh, on the first punt of the day. I mean, to be honest, I I, I know I sound like a typical like Big Ten disgusting fan talking about punting being the reason that he won a game. But Blake Hayes had a really good game, MVP. and I just wanted to highlight that as well. Because, I mean, he got a little bit lucky on the safety. I don't think the Nebraska player should have touched that in a million years. But it ended up happening, and and you get the safety out of it. You cough and corner him on the first punts. But uh, he had a great day, and I thought it was uh, enough to highlight for us. Shout out to the lads. That's the right. The lads. And, and, you know, James McCourt, four for four on PATs. We saw today from Nebraska's kicker. Not always that easy. <laughs> yeah, that changes things, too. And, you know, Nebraska missing two extra points. They're, if that if they would have completed a drive at the end there, that could have changed things oh, yeah. so much different in, in how they approached that, and it didn't end up mattering. But. I know there are certain people who were upset about the two missed extra <laughs> yes, points, I'm sure. 100% right on that one. All right, Illinois 30-22. to 22. They beat Nebraska. And now UTSA in a night game next Saturday night. We'll see how it plays out. You think more fans there next week? Did this buy some more input into the program, some more you know interest into the program? Yeah, I think if this is a loss, fans aren't showing up for the Saturday night game. 50 next week? 
I don't know because I think it, I think the night game could change things. It could. And you know, you it's a lot easier to go to this game like at night. I mean, I know it's on Saturday, so most people aren't doing anything all day anyways, but you have to think there were a lot of Nebraska fans there as well. I don't think you, I don't think the Roadrunners are bringing it as as many fans as the Cornhuskers are. But, but if you have all day to tailgate, you might not make it into the stadium. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I don't know. Uh, I hope that there are more. I don't know if they'll see fifty. I think that this season I'll go out and say they'll see they'll see fifty this year because I think I think the amount of good juju that Brett Bielema is bringing to the team. <laughs> I think will inspire the Alana nation to come out. Okay. All right. I think they'll hit about 45 next week. Uh, Sounds fair. A little uptick into that. I want to mention the student section was great today. The block eye, I think, was all the way Mm -hmm. full. I'm pretty sure. It was a full sellout for the the block eye student section. Which is great. So, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. There's that buy in. And their students are definitely not coming back if they don't win this game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. You have your hardcore football students. They come to the games, but they're not getting that much if, if they don't win. Um, we'll see. That's good. All right. That's going to do it for the 3 one podcast. For Marley Weirda and Andy Olson, I'm Brett Barons. We'll do it again next week. Night game 630 UTSA coming to Champaign.